Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached Word of God in agreement to the Scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Much like Moses, I have no idea what you may have faced this week, but we're here now. Amen. We're standing in front of the burning bush. The Spirit of God is evident in this house today. What a refreshing, what a spirit. And now the command of the Lord to Moses that day was take off your shoes. Amen. Take off your shoes. And so could I ask you this morning, would you proverbially just take off your shoes and let's just enjoy the next few minutes of this journey and let the Spirit of God usher us into a divine purpose that I feel like has been orchestrated for this very moment. We're not here by accident. We're not just here because the calendar and the clock mandated it. But I believe the scripture teaches us that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And I believe that God has ordered our steps right here to this very moment in time. And I believe that we ought to wait with bated breath to see and to hear what God would both do and speak in this very service at this very moment. Amen. I know we've already been worshiping the Lord and I'm not trying to imply anything any different, but I wonder if we'd slip our hands up one more time. I wonder if we could just ask the Lord this morning. You've granted us the privilege to physically be in this building, but now, God, I'm asking you to grant us the privilege, Lord, that we can step into your purpose, not just into a physical building, but God, let us step into a divine appointment that your spirit has ordered. It is not by accident that this is the day we're in this house. <laughs> it's not by accident, Lord, that this is the moment that we are gathered together and this is the particular makeup of this congregation this morning. Your spirit will keep us. Your spirit will touch us today. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Amen. One more time, let's say it. We are standing on holy ground. And I know that there are angels all around. Let us pray. 
Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask you, if you will, to just extend your hands, your faith this way. I've been battling a few things that some of you have been battling, and I just need the touch of the Lord in my body right now, but I know he can do that. And so would you just ask the Lord to touch right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm asking you today to let the anointing of the Holy Ghost touch my mind and my heart. Touch my body, Lord, and strengthen me now in Jesus' name. I need your help today. We believe you, God. And I believe you to touch me. I believe it, Lord. God, we stand on your word. God, I believe it today. Right now, God, by your anointing, God, I'm in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I ask you today to move in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I don't, I don't confess that to make you uneasy, nor to seek any of your sympathy, but I just want your prayer. Amen. I know many people have had all a touch of all this, but mine is so much more severe. You just can't, Im- <laughs> you just can't imagine. I knew it was serious when I stepped outside and the buzzards were circling this morning. So I said, oh, Jesus. Help me. <laughs> and if you'll help me convince my wife of that, yeah. how much special attention I'm going to need all afternoon and, and into the night, then we'll just get through this. Praise the Lord. I'm so honored and humbled that you're here today. And I stepped in the side door and just hear, hear all the wonderful fellowship and the smiling faces and I'm so thankful I didn't have to break up any fights this morning. <laughs> Amen. You seem happy to be here. The book of Luke 11, we're going to go back there, and this will be our final visitation. In this particular series, we've been talking about the Lord's Prayer. It was given to us both in Matthew's writings and in Luke. And um, so today we're going to come down to the end of this. I just pray that the Spirit of God, oh, would just touch us today. Amen. This has been, I think you would agree, I think the Lord has just given us a very special visitation during this particular series. And and, uh, and so we just need to understand the value of prayer and what it means to us. It's not just reciting things, it's, but it's, it's touching into... Um, this real strings of relationship and that's what God is wanting to do today Luke 11 and 1 the Bible said and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased one of his disciples said unto him Lord teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples and he said unto them when you pray say our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And finally, the latter portion of verse 4 is where we will conclude today. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And you may be seated in the fear of the Lord. I want to talk today about <clears throat> lead us not into temptation, but deliver us 
from evil. I want to talk about the preserving power of God. The preserving power of God. Jesus gave the admonition that we ought to pray that we would not be led into temptation. And I, I think it's important to understand several things this morning as we begin. Number one, I think that we all have to realize that temptations are not just things that we experience in our childhood or in our adolescence. Or, uh, but temptations are all throughout life. And uh, obviously what, as I've said many times, what a, an 18-year-old is tempted to do, a 78-year-old's temptations may not be in line with that, but temptations are temptations nevertheless. And so he gave us the admonition to pray, help me not to be led into temptation. It's also important that we understand what the word temptation means. The word in, in all truthfulness is a neutral word to some degree or many degrees based on its context. It can mean several different things. Of course, it can mean temptations, but it can also mean seasons of testings or seasons of trials. And we're gonna talk about those things today. And so, I think we ought to consider this subject in light of temptation as we begin. Since temptation is an enticement to evil, then why would God ask us, why would God not ask us to do something that he would never lead us to do? According to Psalms 23, God leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And uh, I, I pray that the Spirit of the Lord would help us to understand the value of our own personal responsibility when it comes to the area of temptation. I can't just live any old way, do any old thing, embrace any philosophies in my life, and then just somehow expect God to build some fortress walls around me and preserve me or protect me from things if I am not being diligent on the other side of that equation. One day a woman was telling a noted preacher about her life and, and some circumstances that had led her into a particular area of sin. And uh, after her confession, she said to the preacher, she said, and you, sir, what would you have done had you been in my situation? And he said, ma'am, the very first thing I would like to tell you is that I would not have been in your situation. Amen. Let those feathers settle just a moment. Because we have some responsibility to make sure that I don't even put myself in certain situations. And so if I can avoid those situations to begin with, the chances are my odds are gonna exponentially rise that I can wade through that and successfully do that. I realize that uh, some could deem that a statement of arrogance, but I think there's a powerful message of truth in that statement that the first thing I'm going to do is avoid those situations. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there. And uh, sometimes we are in situations that we really shouldn't be in at all. I've often said if you want a cold drink, don't stop in a bar room to get one. Amen, don't put yourself in that situation. 
And they may, they may sell them, but that's not the point. Keep riding a few more miles. You'll find somewhere else that you can be that won't present that kind of atmosphere to us. And so if we could have chosen differently, perhaps we would have never felt that particular pull to be tempted. And so uh, we should, our emphasis then of this prayer should be, Lord, help us to be sensitive in the places or to the places that I don't need to be to the path that I don't even need to be going down. Let me be sensitive to that. And, and uh, if I feel a check in my spirit that this is a place I don't need to be, <clears throat> amen? Now, I'm just using a couple of illustrations here, but please don't think we're just tethering ourselves off to just one or two things. But, but uh, you know, every, every th- place that we don't need to be doesn't have a Michelob sign hanging in the window. It's not quite that bold and it's not quite that defined. And so that's why I've got to be sensitive to the spirit. And when the spirit of the Lord is offended and I feel that check in my heart, then I, I don't know what's going on here, but I feel like the Lord wouldn't have me to be here. And so maybe, maybe there's something that's blanketed at first in innocence. But the Lord knows something about this situation that I don't know anything about. So I've got to exercise some godly control and some spiritual guidance here and let the spirit of the Lord just speak into my heart. And uh, I don't want the Lord to always just have to beat me over the head to get me to do something. I want to be sensitive to his spirit, sensitive to his power and his presence, you know. There's some things we, don't, we do need to pray about, other things we don't need to pray about. If it's defined in the word of the Lord, there's no need to pray about that. He said, thou shalt not steal, so you don't need to sit in the parking lot of Bank of America and, and ask for the Lord's will about whether or not to rob them. You know, I've used such a ridiculous illustration, everybody's laughing and everybody's having a good time, but if I got on closer down where we're living, this thing would tighten up. <laughs> I think I'm feeling better. <laughs> I, think you, I think your prayers are working, but you may not be feeling so good after a while. <laughs> Amen. But help us to be sensitive to those things. Help me to, it may not be clear cut. It may not just be divine. There may not be book, chapter, and verse, but, but if there is something that is checking me in my heart and in my mind, now I am responsible and I'm going back to the lady saying, what would you have done in my situation? The thing to do is not be in that situation and let the Lord keep us from that. James says that God doesn't tempt anyone. James 1 and 13, let no man say when he is, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. And so one explanation of this passage is that the phrase lead us not into temptation is a figure of speech. Therefore, meaning lead us not, lead me not into temptation. And so if that is a figure of speech, I just want to challenge your thoughts with that this morning that, that really the meaning of that then should be the other way around, the opposite of that, the contrasting aspect of that. And that is, Lord, lead me into righteousness. Amen. Lord, let your spirit lead me into righteousness. And you know what? The longer we live for God, the the more holy we ought to become in our mind, in our heart, in our life. Amen. Because our prayer is not just don't lead me into temptation, but 
But the contrasting aspect of that is, Lord, lead me unto your righteousness. And so we're not pure and holy and separated because of a long list that the church is somewhere printed, but, but we're righteous because the Spirit of the Lord is leading us to righteousness. Amen. And so when uh, we are tempted, it's easy to offer up excuses. It's easy to blame that on someone else or I couldn't help it or, uh, you know, it's easy to say, well, everybody else is doing it and, and, and nobody's perfect or I was pressured into it and the list could go on and on and on and on and on and on. And many times we console ourselves with the idea, I'll use an illustration we probably all experience, but when you're riding down the interstate and there's a posted speed limit sign, various uh, separated by various miles and here they are and, uh, and, and we find ourselves many times riding above that Amen. and we excuse ourselves by saying this, I'm just going with the flow. Right? I wonder how many Florida Highway Patrolmen have heard, I'm just going with the flow and then folded their ticket book up and said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't realize you were just going with the flow. Amen. Amen. So we have to we can't just offer an excuse when we when we know it's there then we we can't try to find some nail to hang our issues on. And so we've got to be very very careful that we take full responsibility and I want to pray Lord lead me not into temptation. I want to pray, Lord, lead me unto thy righteousness and help me to be pure in my thoughts. Help me to be pure in my motives and pure in my actions. I want us to carefully consider what the apostle Paul has to say concerning the area of sin and sinfulness. He said to the Corinthian church, he said, all things are lawful unto me, but not all things are expedient. All things are lawful, but not everything is in my best interest. And there's a powerful scripture, I believe this is a powerful scripture that, that really covers many, many areas of our lives. To the crowd, you know, there, there's a certain crowd that's always demanding book, chapter, and verse for every little thing. Well, just give me a scripture that says I can't go there or do that or blah, 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 blah. If we would take a long look at this passage, I think that we would understand what Paul was saying is that there's some things that aren't wrong but there are things that's not in my best spiritual interest. And that's what the writer of Hebrews, I think in principle, was trying to convey when he said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. Everything is not a sin, but some things are just mere weights. They're just things that's not in my best interest. It's not going to, if I continue to eat this, spiritually it's not going to, lead to spiritual health, somewhere it's gonna take a toll. And uh, that's the question that really needs to be answered. It's not whether or not something is right or wrong. As you've heard me say many, many times, what the real question needs to be is, is this wise? Is this in my best interest? If I do this, what is this going to lead to? Because one thing always leads to another. Remember that, remember that always one thing will lead to another. And so if I am taking a step that is not in my best interest, but it just seems innocent and it's not all that harmful and no one's gonna lose life or limb. And so if I take this step this way and, 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 and there's no thunder, the, the, the heavens doesn't get dark, there's no volcanic activity, there's not an earthquake, that's not the question. We shouldn't stand there and say, well, 
Everything must be all right then. The question is, I took one step here, but where is here going to lead me to? And if we are stepping away from God, one step leads to another, to another, to another, that is gonna lead us away from the righteousness of God, away from the holiness of God. I would submit to you today that even people in this, under the sound of my voice in this building are those that may hear this message at some other point in time would have to confess that there are some things we are allowing in our own life, in our own home, that, a, that there was a day we would have never allowed that. Not because the preacher said it, not because the church mandated it, but because there were some personal convictions that we said, I'm just not going to go there. I'm just not going to do that. But little by little by little, we start dismantling these walls. And if we are not careful, we're not going to be led to righteousness, but we're going to be led to temptation. Amen. I'm talking about the that prayer is a preserving agent if we are praying about something if we're really praying about decisions in our lives and we're doing that sincerely, we are just doing that earnestly before God, our prayer in this regard releases the preserving power of God in our lives. I don't wanna make the wrong decision. And so I'm taking this as a matter of prayer and I'm going to, I'm going to lay myself, if you please, across the altar and ask the Lord, help me to know what's right. And uh, if, even if it's not wise, let me feel some check in my spirit. Let's clarify one thing here. The devil may tempt us, but we decide whether or not we're gonna yield to that temptation. There's still decisions that have to be made because our sin is no one's fault but ours. The soul that sinneth, can somebody complete that? He shall surely die. The soul that sinneth, he shall surely die. And and uh, you know, there was a proverb or a fable as such that, uh, that the fathers have eaten sour grapes and put their children's teeth on edge. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden here, uh, one of the prophets has to deal with this and say, who, what, what is this proverb? Who, who is saying that, that this is what happened? One generation did something and now another generation is, is paying the price of that. He said, but I tell you, don't let that even be said again. I say that it's not in our best interest to even talk about that again because the soul that sinneth, that's the soul that's gonna die. And so my father may have had, my particular father didn't, I don't think, but my, my father may have had a bad temper. He may have cussed and thrown pots and pans and potatoes and wrenches, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to do that. I, I may have that a proclivity to do that. That may be in that genetic stream, but you know what? I'm, I'm not gonna do something just because he did it. I've been born again. Being born again is not just speaking with other tongues. Being born again is far more, uh, it, it, it has a far much greater impact upon our lives. I've been born again, a new nature, a new man. I don't wanna be that man. I don't wanna be the man that I used to be. Amen. I don't wanna be the person that I used to be. And so uh, just because the devil tempts me with something doesn't mean that I have to do that. And, and I, I can't just try to blame somebody else. I've got to take some personal responsibility and say that I, I am the one that's going to have to answer for me. And so when we sin, then we need to take responsibility for our actions and admit and confess that to God as we talked about Wednesday night. 
You know, some just say, and I'm touching this again, it's in my genetic makeup to do this or be this way. But you know what? We need to change our mind about all that nonsense and quit saying, you know, that because I was done this way, then I'm gonna... I'm gonna project that on another generation. No, no, no. Amen, we need to have a mark of genuine faith and a mark of genuine faith in our life will change our outlook to sin. We all have areas that we struggle with. We, we all have areas that we struggle with. <clears throat> There's not one person in this building that doesn't have some area in their life, in their walk with God that they're not trying to reckon with at this very moment. And if, and if we're not careful, we may try to rationalize certain things and justify certain things. Mm -hmm. But the most, for the most part, what we need to do is recognize this, that sin is what it is. Sin is rebellion against a holy God. Try to rationalize it, try to justify it. If we are... If, if we were, if we changed our outlook to sin and if we were repelled by sin, if we were sickened by sin, it wouldn't be so tempting. If you just understood the end result of what is going to happen, this is not funny. This is not glorious. There's not going to be a good ending to this. And so if we understand the end result, not just where we are today, but where is this gonna lead us in time to come? Amen. I pray that the spirit of the Lord would help us to realize that, that, that we have a responsibility not just to love the Lord, but we need to hate sin. Not sinners, but sin. We, we don't just need to love the Lord. Some people have fallen in love with the Lord, but they haven't quite fallen out of love with sin. Amen. And so I need to pray, don't, don't just let me fall in love with you, but help me to fall out of love with sin. And, and the Bible says of Job that he loved God, but he eschewed or he hated, he despised evil. He despised that. And so where is the church in an hour where one of the most promiscuous societies that we have ever experienced in this age, when they're trying to spoon feed us vile sin, where is the church? I hope we're not gathered around idiot boxes laughing at all this stuff. I hope that we're not gathered around places that we ought not even be at, dining on all this nonsense. Amen, I hope that's not where we are. There's something inside us that ought to rise up, something that ought to nauseate us spiritually. Hallelujah. Amen. And so I say, Lord, don't just let me fall in love with you, but the more in love with you I get, help there to be just an absolute disdain for the sin and the vileness of this world. In Jesus' name, let it be so. When we take on a Christian worldview, we start regarding wrongdoing through a different lens. Our, our, you know, when, when we come to the Lord, one of the things that we have to understand is that our sinful, our sin has been dealt with by repentance and baptism in Jesus' name. But our sinful desires, it may get quiet here for just a few minutes, but stay with me. You, you, you may get the Holy Ghost and it may be a wonderful and powerful experience and I'm sure that it will be. Or if you have the Holy Ghost, I'm sure it was. But also let me add this. 
that sometimes just because you are filled with the Holy Ghost and your sin, sins, past tense, past sins have been dealt with, that doesn't necessarily mean that your sinful desires have been totally eradicated. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amen. So you got, now we got to deal with this. And I know that I've met people that, 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 that were addicted to certain things, maybe whatever that may have been, drugs or alcohol or whatever uh, their, their particular battle may have been. And I've met people that testify that the Lord took that desire away from them. But can I just be boldly honest with you today? I've also met people that received the Holy Ghost that that desire wasn't just eradicated in a moment of time. They had to work through a few things. Amen. And, and, and so what happens is that our sinful desires are not necessarily eradicated in a moment of time, but they are more aligned with what's right. And so as, as, as something begins to well up in our heart, uh, then, then now we've got something to pull that back into balance and that is the will of God, his righteousness. And so we may have to struggle with that just a little bit. If, if, if I thought I could get by with this, I'd ask, don't do it, but I'd ask you to raise your hands if, if you know what I'm talking about because there's some people in this building that think that you just popped out of the egg just as perfect as you look right now. But that's not true. You've, you stumbled and you fumbled and you fell down and you got back up again and you fell down and you got back up again. I'm not trying to hang your laundry in the front yard, but what I'm trying to do is help others this morning that, that may feel like I don't know if I'm ever gonna get the victory over this. I don't know. I'm telling you that if you'll just commit yourself to prayer, God will release a preserving agent in your life. Amen. You can't just depend on my prayer. You can't just depend on Brother Rayleigh's prayer or the prayer of the leadership of this church. We have got to pray. Lord, what are we gonna do? Teach us to pray. He said, pray this. When you pray, say this. Say this. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil, O oh Lord. Oh, I gotta be intentional about this. I don't know what I'm going to face today. I don't know what I'm going to face tomorrow, but I'm asking you, Lord, lead me not into temptation. I'm asking you, God, to steer the ship of my life and turn it back toward you and your righteousness. Amen, my prayer, my prayer, my prayer wasn't God just fill up the bank account. Oh God, just do this and do that that are just monetary things that's gonna rust and fade. But my prayer is this, oh Lord, keep me today. Preserve me today. Let me lay down tonight a righteous man. Hallelujah. Let me lay down tonight a righteous woman. Let me lay down with righteousness coursing through my veins. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. You know, some people feel like when they start living for the Lord, they're just gonna totally lose your appetite for sin. may not be altogether true. Some temptations begin on the inside, those inner urges that can lead us into sinful choices. And so that's why we gotta pray and keep praying, Lord, touch me, touch me, Lord, and purify me. And you know what? One of these days, you hear me today, one of these days, that, that's gonna leave. You're gonna get victory over that area of your life. <laughs> oh, in Jesus' name. Think of some area in your life that you have the victory over. 
I don't think that it's boasting to say that. I think we ought to rejoice in our victories. I think we ought to shout about our victories. I'm, I'm thankful that some things that used to bother me don't bother me anymore. Amen, amen. And when, 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 now, when now they start trying to creep back up into my life, I sense that. I, well, I know what that is. I, I know where this is going to lead and I'm going to rebuke that and I'm going to plead for the preserving power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, our prayers have to be far more than just superficial prayers of bless me, anoint me, heal me, favor me, yada, 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 yada. Our prayers have got to be intense. They have got to be intentional. I don't know where this day will lead me. I don't know, I don't know what the race set before me. I don't know what's around the curve today, but I'm praying God preserve me, preserve me, preserve me. Amen. Secondly, let's talk about seasons in our lives that are, that are seasons of testings. Preserve us in, in this season of testing. Or in other words, help me while I am facing some inevitable hardships and enticements of life. A test is a challenge to prove, to prove the character of our convictions. That we're not just saying this with our lips, but when it comes time, we can say it with our life. Paul assures us that God will not allow us to be tempted above that we're able to bear. So when we pray this prayer, this is essentially what we're saying. If I must face this trial, then please strengthen and protect me from potential sin. If this is just part of the journey, then I'm asking you to keep me during this part of the journey. Because you see, we're not always at church. <laughs> it doesn't always feel this warm and fuzzy. Sometimes we feel lost. And sometimes life just has us by the throat. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And so, Lord, if this is what if, if this is what I must face during this season of my life, then I am asking you to just help me, help me protect me and so we can ask the Lord to do just that and I promise you that he will God God sends tests our way so that we can know how strong we are or aren't or how strong we ought to be you know we all feel a certain in our mind, we all feel like we have a certain strength until you grab something and try to move it and then all of a sudden you realize that my mind is still writing checks my body can't cash. <laughs> cash. And so we, we've got this, we've got to know then that sometimes things come our way and I realize that, I mean, I'm a lot weaker in this area than I thought I was. And that's not God trying to shame us. That's God trying to admonish us to grow. Now we know, now we know some areas that we can, we can lend ourselves more to the hand of the Lord. They show the genuineness of our faith. <clears throat> when the storms of life come, they, they interrupt our lives and many times they frustrate our plans and, 
And, and what happens in the process of all of that is they cause us to trust God more, trust him like we've never trusted him before. You know, it, it's customary for us here to conclude our services with a song and a prayer, and I often re, even refer to it as family prayer. Let's just kind of gather in as a church family and pray, and I hope you don't miss take that for just something to do because I don't know any other way to do it but I think that there's strength that happens when we just something about coming down together we're, we're going to walk out of here and, and so that is our custom to generally close with prayer and a song and, and uh, to worship the Lord and uh, it's not customary that we close the service by handing out pieces of paper and, and now you're going to take a test on what the sermon just was Aren't you glad? <laughs> Thank you for being honest. So I don't give a test after the message, but let me tell you something, God does. He sure does. He wants to know if we've really been listening or, or if we were just kind of going along with the flow, amen, glory to God, hallelujah, but we don't really have a clue what happened, so God's gonna test us to really see if we understand what's been said. And sometimes we don't see these tests as beneficial, but they really do help us in our spiritual growth, and they really do help us develop character. And, and, and so God can keep us steadfast when our faith is tested. You know, it's just hard to talk about faith being tested without thinking about Abraham and Isaac and, and the Lord, you, you know, Abraham's just minding his own business. And, and I have used this illustration all through, as long as I've been preaching about this, uh, that, that, the, that Abraham was just minding his own business, enjoying and rejoicing in the blessings of the Lord. I mean, he'd been blessed with a child in his old age, a promised child. And so he's just enjoying the, he's just enjoying life. And out of the clear blue, the angel of the Lord says, Abraham, where are you? He said, here, here I am. He had no earthly idea what was fixing to happen in his life. He probably felt warm and fuzzy that the Lord would call his name. Where are you? I'm right, I'm right here, Lord, right here, Lord. He said, I want you to take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, to a place that I will tell thee of, and then I want you to offer him there for a sacrifice unto me. Wow. For the sake of illustration, wouldn't you think it would be fitting that, that somewhere Abraham knelt down and said, Lord, I need you to preserve me in this test. I, I don't know how to quite get this even broken down and rationalized in my own mind, Lord, but I'm just gonna ask you to help me preserve me Keep me in this time of testing. If he in fact prayed that prayer, and I, I just have to believe that Abraham was a man of God and so he prayed something at least similar to that because when they all loaded up and he took the men and the mules and everything they needed, three days journey, the Lord said right there, that this is where it is. And Abraham looked at those that were with him 
and said, I want you to stand here. He left them in the valley at the base of the mountain holding the mules. But he said, but I and the lad are going, we're going there and we're going to worship and we're going to return. Amen. Please understand what was unfolding here. This was a real life event. But he said, I need you to preserve me in this test. I need you to keep your hand on my mind. Don't let me get bitter and angry. Don't, don't, don't let something be in my spirit that shouldn't be there. And apparently somewhere in between the course, or somewhere in the course of all this, between the time he was given the instructions until the time that the Lord said, there is the mountain, uh, something had released in the spirit of Abraham and he said, I don't really know how, but I do know this, we're going to worship and we're going to return. He said that before Isaac asked halfway up the mountain, here is the wood, here is the fire, but where is the sacrifice? And Abraham, something in his heart, I, I have to tell you, there had to be some uncertainty over here, but God's preserving power was bringing balance to his life. And he said, God will provide the sacrifice. God will provide the lamb. God will provide what we need. Hear me today. That God, if we can just ask him in this prayer, I ask you, Lord, to preserve me in this. I ask you to keep me in this. If, my, if, if this is my destiny in life, if this is the path that I must walk down, if this is the mountain I must climb, if this is the valley that I gotta crawl through, I've just got a favor to ask you, Lord, help me to keep my integrity intact. Help me to keep my, oh, help me to keep my spirit right. Help me to keep my mind right. Lord, preserve me in this test. Oh, my, my, my. We're not always dancing. I'm not trying to be negative, but we gotta keep this real. We're not always dancing. We're not always shouting. We're not, we're not always rejoicing. But I've held the hands of, of people that, 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 that lost things in their lives that were irreplaceable, whether that was a companion or their health or whatever it may have been. And so you, you just can't throw it in reverse and try to back up to a different place in time. That's not our lot in life. And so if this is the journey that I must make, then I need to pray, God, I want you to help me to keep my spirit right, help me to keep my mind right, help me to keep my heart right. And you know what? The same God that filled us with his spirit, that same spirit is a preserving agent and it will keep us in the times of trial and test. Hallelujah, yes it will, yes it will, amen. My, I must move quickly. We need to really think of our tests as something beneficial. They help our spiritual growth and the, they help our character develop. They, they, they keep us steadfast when our faith is tested because tomorrow we may be faced with an ethical choice. We may be faced with a moral dilemma. Amen. We may be torn between two opinions and not really know what to do. We may feel tested and tried. Amen. But you know, God has called us to be truthful even to our own hurt. Truth hurts sometimes. Truth pinches our own toes sometimes. And so we have to be honest. Scripture teaches us even to our own hurt. And so... 
the moral dilemma might be a temptation from Satan or it may be a test from God. The difference is the intent. Hear me, Satan wants us to yield and fail and he wants us to be destroyed, but God wants us to resist. He wants us to push against that and gain strength and, and gain ultimate triumph in our lives. In the Lord's prayer, we're not asking God to keep us from testing. We're asking the Lord to help us pass the test. Don't remove the mountain. Just give me strength to climb the mountain. Job, the most tested man in history, said this in Job 23 and 10. But he knoweth the way that I take. <laughs> but he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Job was not superhuman. Job was not given some supernatural strength. Job was just a man, a human being, just like the men and women that are sitting in this house today. My wife would remember this, I feel sure. Several years ago, we were in a conference and there was a, an evangelist wife, they were evangelizing at the time and uh, and it, at this conference, I believe we were in Louisiana where Martha Carson stood up and she said that in prayer she heard the voice of the Lord say, have you considered my servant Martha. You remember that? And their lives started spinning out of control. I, I, were, I was standing there when she gave this testimony. I'll never forget the sobering atmosphere And you know, they have suffered unthinkable things in their life from that moment until now. <laughs> and just a few, just a couple of years ago, my wife wasn't able to attend a meeting. That I went to a meeting and you know, I was sitting in, in this room and all of a sudden here come Martha and Tony Carson. And when they walk through the door, Brother Toby, my mind went back to that testimony. And I looked at her bearing the scars of unthinkable things, still serving God, still living for the Lord. Her and her husband in that particular meeting got up and encouraged other young ministers and their wives and families to keep on living for the Lord. She made no reference to the past or what they'd ever been through. But I was sitting in that room and I knew the weight 
of those encouraging words, you can make it. You can go. Everything's gonna be all right. To some, it may have just been a little cheerleading session, but no, not to me, because I was standing years before on the same platform when I heard her say, God is gonna take me down a path and I just need him to preserve me on this journey. Amen. I think we ought to stand. If, if, if the Lord and the service permits me, I'll finish this up in, a, in our second service. But if this is what I must do, if this is where I must go, then I'm just asking you to keep me. Keep me. Stephen, we have no record of what he said, but he must have been thinking something similar. Brother Polk, how could he have kept such a good spirit? <laughs> so this is, this is how it's gonna end, huh? I'm tied to a stake. Don't you think it's entirely possible that some people that he had even helped and encouraged in times past was holding rocks now? Just a thought. But somehow, he prayed for forgiveness. Forgive them, Lord. They don't really even know what they're doing. And I know it seems like we're raising the bar so high tonight. Some, some of you may feel like you're just kind of trying to jump, but I'm telling you that God can keep us. Right. Amen. I believe we ought to slip our hands heavenward. Thank you, oh, in the Thank name you, of Jesus. You, I feel like telling somebody that God's going to keep you today. God you, is going you, to keep you, you today. You, yes, yes. We don't have to end this race bitter and indifferent. We, we don't have to end this race with guile in our heart because God's spirit has the ability to preserve us and keep us. I feel an admonition in my spirit. Keep bitterness out of your life. You know why? There's another generation behind you that's gonna need your testimony. Oh, I feel this in the Holy Ghost today. Don't let life circumstances overwhelm you. Don't, don't let that test overwhelm you. Why? Because there is another generation that's going to need your warm hand in theirs. They're, they're going to need your arm around their shoulder saying you can make it. How do you know? Because I made it. How do you know that I can survive? Because I am a survivor. Amen. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Let faith be found in our mouth today as we praise him and magnify him in this house today. Life is filled with many experiences, some of which leave indelible prints in our lives. They're just tiny moments seemingly on the surface, but they're change moments. They're change points. One such change point happened for me the very first time I preached away from our home church, I was privileged to preach for Brother J. Frank Wilson in Potts Camp, Mississippi. And while we were there, one morning he invited me to come with him after we had a little bite to eat in his house and we walked out of his house and across his backyard and out into the woods, a well-worn path we started making our way through those woods. 
We came up on a big log. And he said, Brother Boy, this is my prayer room. I come here every day. I was just a kid. Just a kid. I felt like I was standing in the Taj Mahal. It was an old broken down chair. It was just a metal frame. Everything else had time had just eroded away. And, and forgive me at this moment, I can't remember who he said had visited him one year who was a hero of his. And he said he knelt at that and sat in that chair because he couldn't kneel down. He said, I just left that chair there. I thought, wow. I have no earthly idea what I did to deserve this moment in time. But wow. I knelt down beside that old elder. And I'm telling you, I did a lot more listening than I did praying. Because I thought I may never, ever get to visit this time again in my life. And I never did. Brother J. Frank Wilson's been gone a long time now. But a few months ago, one of his sons walked back down that old path. <laughs> and snapped a picture of that old log and that old chair frame is still there and he said this is where my dad met with God I'm going to tell you whether it's a well worn path in your backyard or whatever it may be it may just be your favorite chair in your home we need a regular place to meet with God because prayer ladies and gentlemen is the only hope we have Amen, but oh, what hope it brings. Amen. Let's lift our hands one more time in our voices. Lord, thank you for this day. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.